Welcome to Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts, where we discuss how to break into the performing arts industry for yourself or your child, teen or young adult. Guests include artists, creatives, casting directors, musical directors, choreographers, agents and managers, as well as parents of young professional actor, singer, dancers, all who are passionate and share my vision of helping talented individuals land professional representation and have successful careers in the arts. My name is Lisa Solek, and I am the CEO and founder of Making It Happen, a career in the performing arts, having helped hundreds of clients break into the business on stage in films, television, commercial work, and more. This podcast is supplemental to my groundbreaking online courses, Professional Kids and Teens 101, a primer for parents, and Professional Biz 201 for young adults, college students, and graduates. For more information, check out all the ways you can benefit from my courses, programs, free weekly newsletters, and free guides. Go to lbctalent.com. My guest today is Wayne Petro. Hey, Wayne, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Lisa? I'm so good. I am thrilled you're here today to talk I'm... to me. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled as well. Perfect. Um, I think, as you know, our listeners are all parents of talented children, teens, and young adults. There are also young adults who are either college-bound seniors, um, as well as um, young adults who are in college and who have graduated, some of whom are trying to pursue the performing arts without that higher education degree, like all of that. So that pretty much encompasses the listening base. And everyone wants to know how do you break into this business? How do you obtain all of those opportunities that sometimes people put, you know, they they think of it as this golden castle on the hill, you know, that they're stripping their way to some type of, um, you know, I want to be famous mountaintop, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's so not like that. So part of why we do the podcast is I'm trying to open up the knowledge door so that people can have a better sense of all the opportunities that are there if they are very passionate about the arts. So I wanna talk first about your personal journey because all of our guests, that's what it's about, how they ended up working in the arts um, in various ways. Um, so tell me a little bit about when you first caught the bug of <laughs> you know, wanting to sure, do yeah. arts, like, and what landed you at a school in Seattle? <clears throat> For, for theater. Sure, sure. Well, first of all, I'm, and I'm sure that every guest that you have on your podcast says the same thing that, you know, there are so many different paths to um, finding what, you know, we think of as success in the arts. And there are lots of different uh, factors and, um, uh, you know, what is success in the arts, right? And um, uh, I, uh, I come from a family, uh, specifically uh, more on my father's side of, of musicians. Um, and I actually grew up um, the, probably the most opposite place that you could imagine, but I grew up on a ranch in Montana. Um, yeah, I did. I did. Was, um, was there a lot of art in that area? <laughs> a lot of um, there, um, not not a lot. I mean, I grew up, um, you know, uh, my my dad is a musician, um, continues to perform in his um, in his retirement. Um, specifically, they they live now in Arizona and Montana, so he has a chance to perform in both both spaces. So, awesome. um, and he books gigs on a weekly basis. You're He's really? 70, 79 years old. 
old. Uh, my stepmom performs with him. Really? Um, yeah, Wait, what, yeah. what's his instrument of choice? What is he? Uh, gu guitar and voice. Oh, yeah. guitar so and voice. So he sings old, old country tunes. Uh, I love it. For, yeah, yeah. I want to go see him. I want to take a trip and go see him. I, I have some recordings, yes. That's very cool. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, so they, um, so I grew up with, um, my dad singing in the house all the time and we had a piano. And so I, um, I, I taught myself, uh, piano and, uh, but I never really took voice lessons or I never took uh, piano lessons. Um, I, it was kind of just something for me, uh, that I, that, uh, I did after school. And, um, so yes, my piano technique right now, while like I can plunk out everything in my, my fingering my keyboarding technique is it's really bad that's that's um, really to be commended that you taught yourself how to play yeah we had this little like um the thing that you taped to the back it was an upright oh, piano a really old upright piano and it, it showed the keys and I was I like well this. I can I can see the note on the page so why can't I just do this um so uh that kind of led into um I went to a a very very small um uh, elementary, elementary and middle school, one room schoolhouse. Um, and then I went to a larger public high school, um, in the town near where, uh, we grew up and, um, I didn't play any instruments or anything, but I, well, I wanted to, right. I didn't have any opportunity to play anything, um, before high school. Um, so I, um, found the French horn, both aesthetically pleasing to look at and aesthetically yes. pleasing to play. It's and I, very difficult to play. That is one of the most difficult instruments to play. Uh, it is and isn't. I don't know. There was, okay. I just had an affinity for it. And okay. um, I, well, I started on, an, I very briefly played trumpet. I got a hand-me-down trumpet okay. and uh, learned that for a few months. But then I was like, that French horn over there that's sitting in the corner that no one's playing. I want to play that. Mm -hmm. um, so I I did, and I started out. Um, I started out uh, learning myself with my band teacher. Um, he was excellent at kind of getting me started with it. But then um, he uh, played in the Billings Symphony Orchestra, and he was like, "You should take lessons from our principal horn player." Um, so I started doing that uh, pretty quickly and um, advanced. Um, I, I just, I am, music is really at the core of me as an artist and, okay. um, it was not a, a, not a super difficult thing, uh, for me to do. Um, I don't, it sounds weird, but you know, you're a musician, your yes. family is, so yes. it just, um, yeah. It's and an I was affinity. In... It's an affinity that I think I, I talk about this all the time. Let me interject one thing. Is it, you know, it's that whole idea. Is it genetics or is it the environment, you know? we could possibly agree that it's a little bit of both, you know, in these kinds of conversations. But yeah, I think definitely just from being in it my entire life, um, I feel like there's definitely a genetic piece. Even when parents say, oh, I don't know how she learned how to sing. I don't know where that came from. But then you find out later on. Somewhere. And yeah, yeah somewhere in the lineage, their 80 year yeah. old, you know, great grandmother yeah. or whatever knew someone yeah. in the lineage that was on in vaudeville or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And my um and my my mom actually um she while never being much of a musician, she um was an excellent uh, sketcher and drawer. And that's what I remember of my mom. My mom passed away um almost 20 years ago, but um I remember as a child she would she would draw, she would sketch every once in a while and she was 
quite excellent. Um, and her mom, my grandmother, um, had an organ in the house. So there is a little bit of that on both sides, I think. Mm -hmm. But anyway, so I, I I did that in high school. And then I was in choir and I was, you know, I was a drama geek. I was in okay. student leadership and okay. um, just really engaged in my high school. Um, Laurel High School in Montana. If I love that. Um, I'm I'm very, I'm a very proud um, alum of of the program because um, you know the, your drama teacher, your choir teacher, your band teacher for people like me are your your safe your space, right? Yes, and if I had not had those three individuals in high school, I I certainly would not be here. Yeah, and then I decided to audition for colleges, and I went to school for horn performance. Um, and um, music ed, music ed horn performance, um, and then I added vocal performance into there as well. So I was I went to Eastern Washington University in Cheney, Washington, okay. um, and I was there for I was in you know the choir, the top choir in the band and orchestra, and, and I was I was having a beautiful time, um, but the musical theater acting bug was still was still there. Was you know, it there and, but suppressed, or was it there and you were afraid? I um I don't think I was um uh, I did participate in uh, a number of shows at Eastern okay. in my first and second year actually, okay. um and so I was able to to um I was able to be on stage, but this is going to and this is going to sound very um I don't want to say trite but um so I, this was near Spokane Washington and um you know a musical that I grew up on is Rent you know I'm definitely of a Rent head. Of course. And, uh, and a tour came through and I saw it as many times as I possibly could. <laughs> and I, and then I started to have the question of like, why am I not, why am I not, I guess deep down, I, I just wanted to be up there. Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I had enjoyed my, um, you know, theater performance uh, experiences so much that literally, you know, within weeks after seeing that, I was like, you know, I'm, I'm denying myself this this little thing. Mm -hmm. um, and I had known of Cornish since high school because, you know, I was one of those students that sat in the counselor's office and like picked out cool looking brochures and like, oh, this place looks great. And like dreaming like outside of Montana. I'm the first in my family to go to college. So like the, the idea of college was kind of something that I had to um, lead with um you know so my you family didn't to, you had to navigate it yourself yeah yeah my parents didn't know um you know uh you know they weren't familiar with the college prep scene um you know so I kind of did all of that um I did all that work on my on my own they actually didn't even know that I was applying to the places that I was applying oh, to oh interesting okay yeah but you know supportive absolutely and um anyway uh <laughs> I, uh, Cornish is something that I had known for a long time because I had poured through the material and the literature that they had sent. Um, and I was like, this is, this is, I, there's something there. And so I set up an audition. I applied, set up an audition and, and went and drove my car over to Seattle. And um, I auditioned for the program, one of the last auditions. It was the only, it was like either that or I would stay, I would become a music choir teacher or a band teacher. Okay. And it was like this one thing I was like, you know, let's just see what happens. Um, not what I recommend now. So wait, so you <laughs> drove, you drove by yourself. I did. Yes. I drove, I drove once out there to take a campus tour with a friend. And then on the day of, I, um, I hopped in my car really early in the morning. It's only a four hour drive from Spokane okay. to Seattle. Um, and I, uh, uh, yeah, I did my, you know, I was obviously screaming my lines and my music in the car. Um, but I will always remember there's this 
um, this is becoming like a main story, but no, um, I, I've made I made that drive from Seattle to uh, from Spokane to Seattle, Seattle to Spokane many many times. And when you come over the Cascades into um, into the Puget Sound area, it's just misty and there's water running off of the rock walls. And uh, and it was it was uh, March ish, so it was a little brisk. But you know, you're leaving the the valleys of Central Washington. And you're just coming over, and the light, the quality of light is different. And it just something got in my blood, and I was like, "This, I, this is where I, I can, I can thrive more." Mm-hmm. Um, so I auditioned, um, I got in and enrolled, and um, you know, Cornish is uh, and still is so so near and dear and deep uh, for me. Uh, I, you know, when I say that my <laughs> my high school band choir and drama teacher got me where I am it's it's really and Cornish was the next uh step for that mm-hmm. um the training at Cornish is is incredible it's unique um it's a very much a conservatory uh experience there um so I have a BFA in uh theater um performing arts which is the musical theater track that we had at the time okay. uh, they now have a fully fledged uh, musical theater program there okay. um, but I was able to take voice lessons in the music department um and we had a, a dance track that we did as well um, but more so, I think, you know, some of the sound bites from the training, you know, that it's not all necessarily about Broadway, like what is like, how do you be successful as an artist, um, and train and longevity in the arts and, um, being able to truly understand your own voice and your space. I, I owe so much, like I got, you know, when we say a toolbox approach at, at pace, but that's really something that they were giving us at Cornish, wow. um, uh, the the training there was is is completely exceptional and a really holistic um, experience. So you know, I, I always I always talk about Cornish when you know when I'm when I'm talking to students. Um, and it's and there are a lot of things that are really similar between Cornish and Pace now, um, especially like in the last like five ten years um, with the humans that you know we're hiring. Let me ask you this: after college, after you got this BFA, did you work professionally? Did you jump right into working professionally and where was that and what kind of opportunities were there? Yeah, it's interesting. In my senior year, like like many schools do, we do a showcase um, and not just for representation. In Seattle, there isn't as much. Um, so um, our um, senior folks were not necessarily pushing us to get representation um, because there isn't a lot of union. There, there's not as much work there. Um, and for in some instances, that could hold us back. Um, so we, um, in that, um, a number of uh, theater companies, um, Oregon Shakes, um, uh, Milwaukee Rep, um, and uh, a local theater called Book It Repertory Theater, which is, um, they um, restage classic books um, and oh, nice. use a very, uh, use like a narrative style of, of dialogue, like he said, and then they say. Their oh, own. that's interesting. I love that. Yeah. And so I got an internship. We did um, a tale of two cities. Um, And so I was doing a professional, I was doing a professional work in my last semester of college there. And then I, I was also working, I transferred by, I I was a work study student at Cornish as well. And that actually ended up being a full-time job after I graduated, Um, which is is very lucky, lucky, um, a testament to work study students out there because literally that's where my higher ed part really started as well yeah so I worked in the registrar's office um and uh but then shortly after graduation uh, another friend that had graduated from University of Washington she and I 
um, she wanted to move to New York. And I was like, I don't, I went there once for spring break and, you know, New York is, it felt really claustrophobic. And I didn't, honestly, I, you know, while I had a great time seeing shows and wandering the city, uh, I never saw myself here. It just okay. was not, I, I was like, I love Seattle. Like my roots are here. Like this is a place where I can, I can really be amazing. But then, <laughs> but then suddenly I was like, well, what if, you know, like if I'm going to do it, you know, I'm, I was already 24 having gone to undergrad for six years. Okay. Um, so if you're ever going to do it, like, I guess now's the time. So I was like, okay, fine. Absolutely. I'll move to New York. <laughs> okay. Okay. And it was the most irrational thing that I've ever done and um, the, the best thing that I've ever done. It was it was a little rough at first, um, but my first job um, was through a Cornish connection. Uh, we still work together at Soho Rep here. Oh, in, okay. All right. All here right. In New York. Very cool. Yeah. Right. So I've been there for 14 years. Um, what? You know, yeah. So that, yeah. And that was the connection from Cornish? Um, it, Yes. Yeah. So the, um, our head of box office, William, he, um, he graduated from Cornish, um, a year before, but our alumni networks are, are really strong. There are a lot of Cornish alumni out here and, um, they're like, oh, wait, we need help. I mean, it, my job is front of house box office, you know, mm -hmm. but like I get to meet the most amazing humans coming through downtown theater scene and really the, the change makers and the artists that, um, are, are the important folks to be listening to right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, so uh, it's really, it keeps me connected with the community, um even my little part but like I you know there's no not to use the cliche but there are no small parts in theater but that you know even you know Broadway ushering and you know and box office it it is you know I I still feel that you know I'm I'm part of what helps the show happen every night in in, in my little only little way you know outside yeah, of the yeah. space so totally. yeah. it's and it's a wonderful second job for me um you know in my from my primary jobs at Pace so you said that when you first moved to New York City, that had to be a huge change after living, growing up in Montana, landing in Seattle, which is a very artistic area. I have some relatives out there as well. And it's it's a very eclectic, you know, artistic. Yeah. I, I oh, can yeah. see why. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can see why you loved it there. But yeah, making that decision to come to New York, were there struggles? You, you mentioned struggles a little bit. Can you share yeah. what they were and how you navigated that? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing was, um, uh, you know, housing and finding a job because I didn't, you know, I didn't have a place to live when I moved here. And um, obviously, I had no job at first. Um, you know, the 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 Soho Rep thing, we, it was um, Sarah Benson's first show, Blasted by Sarah Kane, which um, went, extended for months and was a huge, a huge um, show to see in 2008. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, I... I, I did end up getting a job at Pace um, in May of 2008. Okay. Um, it was in um, like a student support office because it was what I had the resume for. And I was like, I need a day job, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And, yeah. I, and I got involved with um, a lovely group of humans uh, that make up Half Straddle. Um, so uh, who now have been successful on Broadway. And so we were just this scrappy group of um, NYU ETW folks and Cornish and kind of found, you know, and again, I wasn't, I was mostly not, I was mostly not performing at the time. I was just helping them because, you know, like stage managing and, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, and uh, they let me produce and like direct like a scene or so. Mm -hmm. um, but um, they were creating some really wacky theater um, that has, um, done very well for them and I'm just so so thrilled to get to yeah so I was doing a lot of I was just meeting everyone that I could sure. and you know uh, and I'm a I'm a pretty outgoing person and 
um, and we'll do anything, you know, in, in the theater. So like, it, it, you know, it opened up a lot of uh, doors for me to meet, you know, meet, meet the, meet the folks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got a job at Pace and, uh, and then I morphed into the admissions office um, quite quickly. Um, and then, uh, and then I went to Marymount for a time um, as their dance and theater admissions coordinator back in 2011. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was there for a little bit and then, um, uh, and I loved my experience at Marymount. Marymount has, has an amazing program that I still obviously respect and and talk about a lot as well, Mm -hmm. but there were some changes going on at Pace, um, back in 2012, um, there's some new leadership and administration. Um, so I ended up going back into the iterate, the first iteration of what my job is currently, which has morphed, you know, in the past 10 years. Now you also went and got a master's. Yeah. So, um, uh, I, I did also, I got my master's from Drexel in, I have a master of science in arts administration. How did you get <laughs> in? Did you, did you leave the city for that I, I, time frame or? No, no, I did. Well, I had to go down for a residency, but I did it online before online was cool. <laughs> I, was, I love that. But I was nervous about it, you know, like I, you know, having studied six years in undergrad in music and performing arts, I was like, how is this going to work? Um, how's this going to work online? But you know what? Um, for the type of program that it was, it was, uh, and that it is still to, to this day, um, it really is, it's so excellent. Like there's, you know, online it requires a lot more reading, a lot more writing. Like you can't just raise your hand in class and try to like spew something out, right? right. You actually have to construct it into and cite your works. And I, yeah. I did so much reading and writing in that program. Um, so again, uh, you know, the, the Drexel Master of Science program is, is incredible. I think it's now has incorporated a lot more museum studies in, which mm-hmm. I was also like, I, some of my favorite courses were in visual arts administration oh, and museum management. Oh, okay. Was like, and my international cultural policy course was, um, really, oh, really, really cool. Interesting. I would yeah. like that. The left side of my brain would be twitching. I'm yeah. very much a yeah. Renaissance yeah. girl. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh my gosh. So, okay. So you landed in this administrative position at Pace. Um, but can you talk a little bit about how you continue to feed your artistic um, self in theatrical endeavors? Like, are you doing anything? Are you on stage in your free time? What if you have <laughs> free time to do that? Like, are you doing that? Or is it mostly like you're, you feel self-satisfied being a part of the arts, doing what you're doing, if you can do I, I really feel self-satisfied. I've been able to kind of combine to, uh, or to, to marry the two sides with, uh, by working in higher education and the arts. Um, I have been in a few small little shows around town. I was in the International Theater Festival in a show a couple of years ago. I've been in a few little, um, I've been in like small fringe stuff, um, okay. but not not recently. Um, I've been just so busy with with that, and uh, I get to teach a little bit at at Pace as well. Okay. I teach acting for non majors, um, which is really fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found I, like I'm working on a little project right now um, with another faculty member that I'm hoping can come into um, a, more fruition. Um, okay. But I, you know, I I'm. In, honestly just being around the students every day you know hearing them in the practice rooms and interacting with them in the elevators and in class and advising them they're kind of I'm I'm living vicariously through them 
<laughs> for sure. Uh, that's a good thing. That's nothing um, wrong with that. I, they just they just inspire me to no end. You know, mm -hmm. I try to see everything that they do, and I see you know I see them in shows after they graduate. Mm -hmm. You know, um, uh, we just saw Into the Woods. We had our closing night last night, which was outstanding. Uh, she loves me was last week. Mm -hmm. um, we did a new play, The Chechens, uh, which was uh, uh, a very difficult piece. Um, and they were uh, just, these students, we have our international performance ensemble coming up, our dance concerts coming up. So, and we have our film and TV stuff going on right now. Um, I'm just surrounded by it and I'm, I'm immersed and I live in it. And I, and that really does, it, it keeps me going. Feed the need. Really yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. Now that's yeah. not to say that I, um, that increasingly now that grad school's over, um, and now that I'm, I'm, you know, have a stable living environment with my partner. Yes. Um, I'm like, okay, now maybe we can start to have some uh, more performance come in and I will do it when I, when I'm ready and, and I, I need to get back there. Sure. Yeah. It's always there. It's always something that you can kind of mm -hmm. rekindle. And the yeah. energy from the students yeah. must be just thrilling to a certain degree, you know, that yeah. they that they have yeah. that energy and they're so excited about the training and about their future and, you know, all of that. I, I'm jealous. I wish I could live in that space with you. It sounds like it's- It is. It's just always vibrating. Yeah, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, and this is, I know this is true of, you know, I'm, uh, my colleagues at all of the other, my peer institutions, you know, we talk about this a lot, but- we work with a very special group of, of human beings um, who know what they want to do. Yes. And so many, you know, other majors, you know, um, around camp college campuses around the country, they they come in because, you know, their parents are saying, do this because this is what we want you to do. Or they come in being like, they just want me to go to college. I don't know what I'm doing. Or, you know, something that, you know, in, in high school they were told, they're like, well, let me try this. Our students, for the most part, are very different. You know, they're coming in, they've set that goal for graduation so much earlier uh, about where they want to be. Absolutely. Um, so we we work with a very different type of human being um, in in these in these programs. Um, and uh, and that's really exciting for um, for the faculty, for sure, that actually get to be in the rooms with them. Mm -hmm. But it's also it's exciting for me on the front set because I get to meet parents and families. Um, you know, kind of beginning in the junior or senior year. So my journey with with uh, families um, is is quite long, and it's it's really nice to be able to intersect with them at that really early age. See how the students are growing. See how the conversations change. Um, you know, and the parents are the parents and, and the students, especially. They're so. Um, they know the questions to ask, you know, and I can tell if they've asked the question at previous institutions because mm -hmm. they're like, okay, putting on things on charts, like this is yeah. the response to this. So it's, um, it's really cool to, um, to see such prepared families. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and I will say, you know, it's not, not every family has those same opportunities. Um, you know, there's some high schools that don't produce a lot of work or do any, you know, or don't have theater and music and art, you know, so I'm a huge advocate of, of arts and education beginning at the earliest possible age, but not, not everywhere, um, is, is equal in that way. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, or internationally as well. Mm -hmm. And do you guys um, recognize do you tend to recognize that in the audition process uh, piece as well? Yeah, so I think we've designed um, a process that really is that really enables students to come in on kind of a level playing field. 
Um, so we don't um, like we don't require like a, a classical monologue, a Shakespeare monologue, because not everyone, you know, comes in with any Shakespeare training um, and some come in with some, but it's not, you know, it's not, it's not good. Not established yet. Yeah. So we, yeah, so we don't, you know, we don't require, you don't require a classical monologue. You know, we really, the, for the monologue auditions, which is for our three acting areas and, and musical theater, it really is about choosing a piece that you're able to, you know, um, lend your voice to that's age appropriate. That's um, something that you can connect to as a young human being that doesn't force you to play to some extreme. Like, listen, the environment, the audition environment is not about, and I say this to my students in my own acting class, I say this to folks that I coach, you know, it's not about pushing yourself to like the ultimate extreme, because we have to be able to, to see you, to understand you, to get to know kind of you as the person in it as well. You know, yes, you're doing the work that you've, you've, you've done, you've, you know, you've done your text analysis, you know, it's memorized, um, but you have to be willing to play and live in that space many times and do it over and over and over again throughout this audition process. So, um, you know, don't, it, it, it's not the space for you to be the extreme end of yourself. That's for us to work out through college and do it safely. Um, you know, you have to respect your yourself first um, in this yeah. process. Only then can you um, begin to tackle more more challenging things. Do you feel personally like being in the New York City market or area is of the best choice or one of the best choices for a new aspiring artist, whether they be fully trained or not? I, I think that it is a, a best place um, for sure. I mean, you walk out the door and there is an opportunity waiting for you, right? Which can be a distraction for um, being in a collegiate environment for sure. Um, uh, but I, you know, our students, uh, you know, in, in, in the many wonderful institutions here in New York city there, um, it's a safety net for, sh for sure, because, you know, you are able to, to explore yourself as an artist while having, um, a lot of adults that have been in the industry and are in the industry there to, um, there to support and add advice and obviously the training part of it as well. Um, there really is no better city out there for being a performing artist than here, you know, and even if you don't go to school here, you eventually might find your way through town. Um, so, you know, our students have been, you know, pounding the sidewalk um, since they were 17, 18 years old. So, um, you know, I think that, that the students that went to college here in the city are um, just a little bit earlier in that in the flow of, of the city and they know how to ride the subway they they go uptown to auditions um, they you know have have been extras in movie sets that are filming outside the building they um, they're taking dance classes at you know the the dance studios as 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 you know in addition to their training here as well um, they're participating in film festivals and, and, and theater festivals. So there's, it's just, and all of the college students here in the city, I think, feel the same. Like the city is your campus. Like I'm sure some college uses that as a tagline because yeah. it's mm -hmm. really, it's really true yeah. Yeah. of, um, it's really true of, of what we do. And, and we're able to draw, you know, faculty that are able to keep their jobs, you know, keep their, you know, their, you know, their own professions because then they just get to come downtown and, and teach. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's an oppor those are opportunities that we have, you know, mm -hmm. but then, you know, colleges that are not here in the city, they have, they have constructed their programs and built their programs to respond to what they need to do in the locations that they are. Mm -hmm. And we know that they're, 
um, are outstanding programs, yes. not in New York City, yes, that yes. that that leverage um, the artistic community, um, leverage um, the resources and the talent of their own faculty to create world class programs as well. So, you know, it's just a, it's just a way of responding to our geography. And yes, our, absolutely. Our, yeah. yeah. So can we segue to the networking piece of that? How sure. important is that uh, for your students? And do you encourage it during the time when they're in school? It sounds like you do, but if you could speak to that networking and to how mm -hmm. to do, maybe even specifically how to do that appropriately. Uh, it, to some extent, it kind of starts right when they enter the program because, um, you know, it's kind of impossible not to with, with the faculty and, and, you know, the, the folks that we have around them in the, in the first couple of years. The faculty are very involved with this. Um, not as much me. Um, really, the, the faculty are the ones that make those connections most often. Sometimes it happens with guest artists that come into town. We send out audition notices weekly um, on our call board email. So um, students uh, are can potentially, you know, as long as it doesn't conflict with their ability to be in class and um, and uh, you know attend school, like we, you know, they can work professionally. We do allow that uh, in the program. That's um, a the big one. The, yeah, the first couple of years, you know, we really try to, you know, make sure that they are, I mean, you have to come to class. There's no excuse for not being yeah. in class. Like, that's our training. That's our studio time, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but professional opportunities, as you know, do come mm -hmm. uh, students' ways. And we, we, you know, as long as they're legit and, you know, we, we feel that it can work with school, then we, we, we can find ways to support that. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes students have to take some time off. Um, to go on national tours or um, do the do the work that they're doing. Um, but, you know, we've had students, um, current students in, that have been on Broadway while they were finishing their degrees, too. That doesn't usually happen in the first couple of years. But, you know, when you're a senior, junior, senior, those types of opportunities are a little bit more workable. Okay. Um, it's it's harder. It's very hard to do in your first couple of years. Um, not to say it hasn't been done, but um, but yeah, we we do encourage that. It, but it's a dialogue with with the student and the faculty, and sometimes me um, if it involves some administrative work. But every opportunity is different, as you yeah. know. And... I would think it would depend on the student and their yeah. abilities and yeah, where their absolutely. where their forte lies and all yeah. of that. Yes, mm -hmm. not a, yeah, not every student is able to work professionally, um, but some are, a few are. Yeah. I know so many people that you know that came here thinking that it would would. I mean, everyone expects it to be relatively difficult, but they're just yes. sometimes the doors just don't. Don't, you know the right ones aren't there that was never really my experience in the same way because I didn't come here um just to audition right I came here you know to establish myself and mm -hmm. I had a lot of friends that were working and so um you know all of my this is gonna sound really awful Lisa but like all of the work that I've done I've never auditioned for it's like Wayne can you do this yes yes it's a network <laughs> I get it I totally so, get that <laughs> I, I've never really been on a professional audition okay. um so uh um, don't tell anyone <laughs> but no it's seriously though that happens a lot because of who you network with you know um and and you came here with friends and with colleagues from I didn't come I, I came here with uh non-performing arts folks but um but then the Cornish alumni network um really was just like mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. I pounced a little bit and they're like, go to <laughs> this, go to this, go to this. And, yes, yes, um, yes. and then I got connected through the Pace community as well. And, um, and the Marymount community too. Like there are folks that, you know, that I, I mean, I'm still in contact with all, you know, and so, mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, no, it's, it, it takes a very, um, 
it's really about just meeting people. And I, you know, saw as much theater as I possibly could and put myself, dropped myself into situations where it was possible to um, glean a little bit of information, not necessarily like, oh, I want to be in your, but just like, okay, I'm going to grab this little piece of knowledge. I'm going to take it away and I'm going to use it somewhere else. Yes, yes. And then, uh, yes. Yeah. Part and, uh, of what I teach. Hard to just. Yeah. It's part of what I teach in the course. I get into this really nitty gritty. How do you filter in and how do you make these things work for yourself without being abrasive or mm -hmm. bristly or anything with actually doing it appropriately? And, um, you know, so that you land where you need to land or where you want to land or where you should land. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about all. So we have um, Los Angeles programs um, in our um, BFA acting program, uh, oh, you our, do? our commercial dance program, um, and starting kind of in our acting for film and TV program. And, um, you know, when you talk about networking, I think about um, uh, the experiences that our students have um, in the semester and and mini and January intercession terms that they have out there. They really come back with a different understanding of the industry, uh, you know, as it exists in LA. And many of them, you know, do end up going to LA and they know humans out there. They've already, you know, been seen by a lot. Of, we, we used to say the word gatekeeper, I guess. I don't they do remember. that during an interim session. They can go to LA? Yeah, so our senior BFA acting students um, go to uh, Los Angeles in January. So they register for the credit um, in the spring term, but then they, the experience actually happens uh, in January. So it is a four credit course as part of their senior experience. And then it's just literally nine to six every single day in LA weekends as well. So it's a, it's a lot that's packed into that January term. Mm -hmm. um, but as many folks in the industry that we can get uh, them in front of, we do. Yeah. And again, like and, you said, it gives them a better sense of how that industry works and what it's yeah. like out there, because there are actors, singer, dancers who just say, I'm going to LA to pursue this. And they really don't know how to connect and what to do so that's incredible that you yeah. guys are doing that yeah yeah and for our our dancers they spend uh an entire semester in their june uh their spring of junior year they said uh we they spend the whole semester out there so oh, it's I a lot of dancing choreography on film um a lot of amazing human beings that we we have with them out there including the head of the program Rhonda. um she also lives in la so mm -hmm. she um she parts ways with us here in new york and uh, Rhonda miller um, and oh, she uh, uh, she goes out and um, leads the uh, spring experience for them. So it's ahead of the program still out there. Um, she's um, collected her. You know, Rhonda starts out from, Rhonda is very connected with the LA scene. She started, she's one of the co-founders of The Edge Dance Studio. Mm -hmm. um, and she, um, you know, her LA connections are, are huge. Mm -hmm. um, and she's done a lot of musical theater here on the East Coast as well. Um, so, she, you know, having her lead the commercial dance program has you know, which is a newer dance program. Um, yes, I, I was just going to say, can you explain what that is? Because I know you also have opportunity, and maybe if you can go into this as well, um, what does the commercial dance program offer as well as, um, I know there's an opportunity because I was working with one of my prior clients to audition at a certain point in her experience with the Pace Musical Theater program, and she was able to audition to take I guess the dance program within the commercial dance space. Can you explain how mm -hmm. that works as well? Yeah, so um, the, the commercial dance program um, was developed by Rhonda Miller in 2010, 2011. Um, Rhonda had been brought to Pace to lead the musical theater dance curriculum, okay. um, but always had dreamed of, of building out a, a four-year um, commercial dance program that responded to the entertainment industry. Mm -hmm. um, so we're very um, industry-focused, very entertainment industry-focused. Um, you know, the primary areas being 
ballet and jazz as opposed to ballet and tap. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not as much of a like a company dance school. We're very individualized, um, exposing them to as many dance styles as we possibly can. Um, we have 14 students and alumni in the Rockettes right now. Um, we have students on Broadway. We have students in national tours. Uh, we have students out in LA choreographing and backup dancers. And um, we really are training for the dance industry as a, as a whole. Um, Which is ex- incredible. I don't think that exists elsewhere that I know of. We're definitely one of the more unique dance programs okay. in okay. the country, for sure. Yeah. And, and definitely all those genres and reaching yeah. to that professional. I know there's dancers out there that want to dance behind an artist and they don't know how to get there. And you're offering that, yeah. them not only the training, but the network as well, it sounds like. Well, yeah, and so one thing that our our commercial dance focuses on increasingly in the junior senior year is getting representation as a dancer. It's not something that's addressed in all dance programs, um, and that really that really kicks off um, in that LA in that LA semester. So nearly all of our dancers are signed um, by the time that they're they're seniors. So that, that congratulations! Is yeah. That program has really developed yeah. into something super special because that does not yeah. exist elsewhere. Yeah. We just actually had our dance intensive um, two weekends ago, and that's grades nine through 12. Um, it's a great way for um, high school dancers to get an experience of what a collegiate program can be. You know, is New York right? Um, it's fun, and it's um, it's really eye-opening for, for them as well. So that dance intensive um, we have in October is, uh, is a great opportunity. Grade, what grade again? Um, grades nine through 12. Nine through twelve. Okay. Yeah, and for the twelfth graders, um, there is a senior audition to uh, for acceptance into the BFA program at the intensive. So um, we had a lot of a uh, lot of dancers. Actually, well, nearly all of the seniors are auditioned for the program there too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. So, how does it work with the musical theater option? Sure. Yeah, so the question that you're the 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 um, example that you're using below uh, before. Um, so um, as a student in the musical theater program, you have your own dance track, um, but you can also audition for a minor in in dance. Um, the dance minor is only for those that are in the school performing arts, um, but for the high level MT dancer, um, they can audition for um, the minor, and then they jump then jump into commercial dance level dance classes, um, participate as much as they can. They do take the core uh, the core MT courses, but as uh, at the commercial dance level, they also have to take a dance history, and I believe they have to take choreography. Um, we have a number of students that also um, emergence is our actually emergence is coming up, um, but that's our um, advanced choreography showcase. A lot of MTs participate in that. A lot of the minors do. We have a first year musical theater major that's that was cast in it. For the um, high level MT dancer, yeah, they can they take a different uh, curriculum. Very yeah. cool. Yeah, there's. It sounds like there's so much going on there. Even before you mentioned all of the different performances that are going on now and are come are upcoming. It sounds like just a huge plethora of options for performance opportunities for them, for the students. Yes, I mean, we, you know, we, each program has its own season, basically, and we have, we have eight programs, um, you know, including a design and production program, a BFA program, a BA stage management program, and a BA directing program, but all of those generate new work, and, um, and, and not necessarily all new work, but um, uh, all of them generate work, um, and, you know, we admit, you know, a small-ish um, amount of humans into these programs. So, you know, with the idea of small classroom sizes, an intimate training environment, and production experience. 
Um, you know, no one wants to go to college for four years and never be in a show, yes, right? Yes. And that yes. that just that just really doesn't happen um, in in the environment that we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to keep, are obviously committed to keeping it that way. You know, we, mm-hmm. we will never be as you know we will never have five hundred musical theater majors. That just is not the way that mm-hmm. we could. You know, we also just don't have the space for it. But, yeah, yeah. You know, that actually we're, we're in New York City. You know, <laughs> yes, you are. Like, we're always like we need more space. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, that actually segues me right to a question. Can you clarify for parents out there, especially, and obviously prospective students, the amount of pre-screen videos you actually have to scrub through and a little bit about that process? Because what is everyone doing? And I didn't plan this this way, that this was going to be at this time, but it is literally right at the time when everyone is scrambling to put the best of themselves on film to present to not just Pace University, but to all the universities that accept pre-screened videos in the process. So if you could kind of enlighten everyone a little bit about that process, because there are probably some listeners who haven't even, you know, they're not there yet. Their children could be freshmen in high school and they're thinking, oh dear, what if my son or daughter wants to do this? How does this actually work? So maybe Talk a little bit about that without overwhelming. Yeah, <laughs> no. it's, a, it's a process. Yeah, I, mean, I have the long version of it, and then I have the the nutshell version okay. of it, really, or the elevator one. Yeah. Um, you know, it, for all, for all colleges, it, it starts by just filing the academic application. That's usually what kicks the that that kicks the process off, um, and then start immediately. You know, if not already, working on on recording your your pre screen material. Um, we use um, a site called Accepted, which is we were we actually started using Accepted in 2012. So we've been using it for um, since it started. Really, we were mm-hmm. one of the we were the, one of the first colleges to like wholeheartedly adopt it. You know, and the pre-screen is a soft tape, and um, at Pace you can audition for you can pre-screen for as many of the programs as you want. It's not just like one pre-screen and then we kind of choose for you. Um, you upload separately to however you want however however many you want to do. Um, all the instructions and like what we require are on our website. So, you know, we'll go into detail per program. Uh, and, uh, and then those come through me. So that's a huge part of my day-to-day life is, um, is, um, setting up that application, the accepted application, um, viewing them, getting them to the right faculty, and then all of the communication that happens from the point of, of, um, yes, you got a call back, scheduling, getting them here, all of that. Um, we do also, of course, tell students, you know, if they if they did not get a call back, um, but they, you know, if they're early enough in the process, they can still, you know, receive that information and choose to perhaps upload to another program that they they are interested in. Mm-hmm. So that's the benefit of getting it in early because you have a little bit of time to maybe reroute and maybe choose a different program. We only charge the accepted pre-screen once, so after that. You know, you can you can do as many as you're truly interested in. Um, and you know, the, in terms of the pre-screen, we're not looking for um, you know, don't you don't have to get it professionally recorded. Some folks will. It, it doesn't do you any. Um, it does you a disservice to like, you know, get auto-tuned or you know, like oh, at the end of the day, you're gonna. I mean, oh, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, here's the thing: at the pre-screen, this is your one opportunity. You can record it a thousand times, right? You should never submit anything that you're unhappy with. 
but it also doesn't mean that you should go to like all these extremes to make yourself somehow um, artificially better than what you will actually bring to the room. Mm -hmm. So it should be an honest reflection of what you, um, your, your, your technique and your capabilities. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, you can record it a million times, right? So, you know, we, and unfortunately, you know, every year there are folks, you know, we, many students don't get callbacks. Um, you know, for musical theater, we call back only about 40% of the actual pre-screens that we get. Okay. Um, so, you know, we'll see upwards of about 2000 pre-screens for musical theater and we'll, we'll, we'll try to audition about 800-ish um, for the for the actual audition for the acting areas we see total about 1100 um, but we have the three acting areas so there's a lot of overlap oh, between okay. that because a lot of them audition for all three mm -hmm. um, you know and we'll call back about 600 ish of that okay. um, and then for dance we see about five to six hundred pre-screens and we'll call back about 300 around there um, and then for design and, and uh, for design and stage management and directing, we call back most of the folks uh, for those areas. Um, you know, those are areas where we, we don't see thousands of applications for, you know, no school does. Um, but, uh, you know, that's an interview based um, uh, audition. Oh, okay, <laughs> um, okay. The directors actually join with our BA acting, BA acting students because they're part of our international performance ensemble. Mm -hmm. um, and they um, are new works uh, focus. So lots of development theater making alongside your acting track and your directing track and the international part comes in because they spend the um, fall of junior year in Sicha, Spain as part of uh, the abroad experience. Um, so they're working at Institute of the Arts Barcelona, um, also an amazing institution that's a conservatory. They really get what the type of work that we do. Um, so they train um, um, some of our own classes and they also train a little bit with um, the students that are there and there's production opportunities for them, uh, performance mm -hmm. opportunities for them as mm -hmm. well. Um, overall, we, we get between 4,000 and 4,500 applications total. Um, and then, you know, in each of the programs, we're looking for like high 20s um, in terms of uh, the folks that join us. So you do call back quite a few people. Yeah, overall from the, between the eight programs yeah we do see we do see a lot listen we're not going if there's a doubt in the pre-screen like we you know you know we're not just going through no 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 I mean mm -hmm. it's a holistic review there are multiple faculty involved okay um, with that there are many different eyes that see it and the head of the program is involved with all of those those decisions as well mm -hmm. so there isn't anything that's that's you know um uh, there are not random adjuncts that are making those decisions. They're really the people that will be actually making which them. Is, which well. is wonderful for people to know. Thank you for sharing that because it's definitely something that I think is not talked about so much. Um, it's not information that's always out there for everyone. And, um, you know, some people can feel a little bit, especially parents can feel a little bit overwhelmed with, you know, the two, 3,000 submissions that they're thinking their child's going to be up against um but in at the end of the day i feel like the students have to have a passion for this beyond even beyond their talent and ability mm -hmm. tell me if you agree or not and they have to have a certain level of grit and work ethic to be able to be successful in the end 
I say this at every audition, or I try to at least, you know, um, the question of like how many we see comes up all the time from parents and yes, some from yeah. students. Um, and I'm like, okay, I will tell you this, I will tell you the numbers and you can take that as you, you need it, but leave it behind as soon as you can, because, you know, we're, we're not the only competitive school, like, you know, many schools see numbers like that, you know, yes. you can overwhelm yourself with a sense of the odds are not, you know, in your favor in many ways, mm-hmm. but, you know, our decisions, you know, when, when all these come out in May, you'll be surprised at the array of, of decisions that come out, like one school might, might see something or something happened in one audition that, that you know, didn't happen in others. And, you know, you just, you, at the end of the day, you have to, you have to know yourself and it's a, it's a sense of, of self-confidence and, mm-hmm. and yeah, spark. And, and I love your word grit. I've used that um, a few times as well. You know, when you have the confidence of like knowing and trusting all of this, these years of work that you put in or the two months of work that you put in, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. some folks, some folks are, you know, don't have, you know, uh, have not performed in high school, you know, yes. to come in super prepared and, you know, having not had a coach or anyone, you know, or a high school theater teacher help you that's that's brave right mm-hmm. um and and that can come across too mm-hmm. um we you know we i think that we've designed these audition experiences like we're not a school where you walk in do your thing and then walk out and you're over right mm-hmm. so you are with us for a chunk of time each day um there in some of the programs there are things you do not prepare for in advance that we give you on day of okay um listen these monologues and these songs could get really stale Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that you've, you know, some of the students have worked on these for so long that they're just like, there's just no life in them anymore. Yeah. Which case I would say, get a new one, get new, get new yeah, material. So sometimes it's you. hard to redirect them when they're so mm-hmm. locked into right. what's yeah. been drilled. Yeah. And then you can't tell whether they're directable because they've been drilling it for so long. I know. Yeah. And you're the freedom to make new choices at any, any given point and continue to like dig in and, and find new exciting discoveries in it is um, well, as an actor, you always have to do that, right? It's yes. a lifelong sort of thing. Yes, right? it is. You know, we we try to leave that behind and then focus on like, okay, let's let's see. Oh. Absolutely. What else is in there? What else? Yeah. What else? There's what always else? more. There's always more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's why our um, and maybe I'll just go on record and say this: the wild card, which um, is something that I I came up with I love for the that. pre-screen. I should have trademarked it because yes, you it's should become have. it's become an industry. It's become and, an industry. And we're gonna thing. officially <laughs> claim that. Yeah, well, it was, back in, it was back in it was back in 2012, and we were um, we were jumping into the pre-screen um, thing, and you know, the faculty were like, "Well, what should we have them do?" Um, and I was like, "Well, we should give them like a video space that kind of acts as like a special skills section of your resume because you know this is a video opportunity. You can do anything you want." And I was like, "Well, what if we just call it like a wild card or something like like your you know your something that just." says something about you that you can never show in an audition room you know we have had a lot of baking we've had um you know tours of animal farms we okay. <laughs> you know and and really in songwriting and video it makes projects it interesting and, also for you yeah. as adjudicators in that space so filtering to see something new and different and you probably see more of who they are yeah we had this one the other day this um this uh applicant um, i won't give too much away but i think they're tiktok 
famous um, okay. and it looked like some of this was off, but um, uh -huh. they are a model and um, they went through and um, adjudicated themselves based on their looks and their, their, their eye look specifically because they have, um, it's their feature that they, they were choosing to focus, focus okay. on. Um, and they went through and like adjudicated themselves <laughs> in all of these other, like in all this print work that they've done. Okay. Um, so like, like th these are things that, that, yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> it was just a, a cute little word that, um, I thought to attach to a space that we really need. And, yes. um, I think that students, um, I think everyone is taking it on a little bit because yeah, we like, listen, these words that I'm saying are not unique to me necessarily. These are feelings that all of us in the college audition sphere, um, need. We need to see yes. who the human is in there. Yes. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, I hear it from my colleagues in, at every school that like, is the, we're you know while all of our programs are very different from each other them and the curriculum is different in you know in some ways the the faculty and, and obviously the location is different but at the heart of what we do is is trying to get to know the student enough to know if they're they're a right fit for our program mm -hmm. and then we give these offers out and then then it's in your court and then you have to and then it, then we're the ones and, and we say this a lot but then we're the nervous ones yes. in the process yes. yeah because yes. you might not you might not choose to to come to our school mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there is a right place for everyone for sure um, that's why you should you know if you're if you're wanting to be um you know studying this as a craft for four years you should be looking at a, a lot of different schools mm -hmm. um, and learning as much as you can from from what each of us has to offer yeah, but then again and sometimes that might also show you that college isn't right for you right now right mm -hmm. or maybe not a four-year experience is right mm -hmm. you know there are other programs out there that can that you know can give you connections that you know don't require you to be in college for four years yeah absolutely is there any last thought that you have that you want to leave with the listeners? Um, you know, it sounds like your life really went in a direction that it was supposed to go in, you know, based yeah. on yeah. on all of the different, you know, kind of twists and turns. And you got to you, ha you have an opportunity to keep theater and performance yeah. in your life in such a wonderful, energetic kind of, you know, youthful and I don't know, exhilarating way almost. Truly, truly. Yeah. I mean, I, like, there are so many paths to, like, I, I feel so successful in what I do because like every day I get catharsis every day I get, um, I feel fulfilled. You know, mm -hmm. I was talking to my, my boyfriend after into the woods and I was like, this is my measure of success. <laughs> like seeing these students yes. on doing this type of work and yes. at the level of, of, of what they were doing. Yeah, You're giving me chills. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's pretty special. It is. It is truly. We're a huge industry. There are so many jobs in the arts that do not involve being a lead in a, in a show, right? Exactly. And I don't I don't think I said this about Cornish, but Cornish was very specific. They're like, listen, we're not in New York. We're not Broadway is not like the success marker, right? Mm -hmm. Um, there are many other ways to be an artist and support yourself as an artist without just going into Broadway or just being a TV and film star. So Mm -hmm. um, I think that that sense of like understanding the humanity in it was something that kind of um, was right there uh, from the beginning of my days mm -hmm. of Cornish. So, mm -hmm. which is um, wonderful because you know. parents even don't know, and definitely the kids don't know that they could become a casting director. Yeah, they yeah. could become an agent or a manager. They don't even know mm -hmm. these things exist. It's such a closed door 
yeah. industry yeah. and so many people keep so much information close to the chest and they don't want to share and so mm -hmm. another reason why i'm doing this yeah, yeah exactly mm -hmm. yeah you do great work gotta help these folks out <laughs> yes exactly exactly i feel like we're both doing the same thing yeah and it's like pulling back the curtain like let's like be let's talk honest about how yes. things work so thank you so much of course lisa it's great to see you I want to thank Wayne Petra for speaking with me today. He is one of the directors of enrollment for the School of the Performing Arts at Pace University in New York City. He also advises the first year performing arts school students and teaches acting for the non-major at the university. Join me every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you need more information, visit lbctalent.com and follow me on socials at lisaselect underscore lbctalent. By sharing our stories, we can help other talented individuals land the career of their dreams.